The first half of this parak, this chapter, talks about different cases of doubt involving the purification that comes from a mikvah. And the general rule that applies in cases of doubt is the concept of chazoka. Chazoka says that in a case of a doubt, we assume that the status of the particular item or person that is under concern hasn't changed. So if, for example, somebody until now was known to be tahar, pure, and there is a doubt whether or not he became tomei, so the rule of chazaka will state that we assume that he is still pure. And if until now he was tomei, and the doubt is whether or not he was purified in the mikveh, so then the chazaka will state the opposite, that we assume that he is still tomei, and his status of being impure hasn't changed. Because of that, the Mishnah says, Mikvash nimdad, if a mikvah was measured and venimtsa choser, it emerged that it t- did not contain the minimum volume of 40 sa'ar for a person to be purified in it. Now, in this case, we know that the mikvah used to be large enough. At some point, it definitely did contain a volume of 40 sa'ar. Just that right now, we know that it does not contain that volume. And in the meantime, somebody immersed in that mikvah. So one could have understood that the rule of a chazaka is going to say that we assume that the status of the mikvah didn't change. We know that the mikvah was once valid, and we're unsure when it became invalid. So it could be that the rule of chazaka should tell us to assume that it was still valid at the time that the person purified himself. However, the Mishnah rules that's not the case. Rather, kol gabov, any items that need to be kept pure that were touched based on relying on the fact that somebody became pure from this mikveh, lemafreya. If we now look behind us, whether the person touched it in a private domain, in a private area, when doubts are generally ruled strictly, or if he touched it in a public area, a public domain where doubts in Tumor are generally ruled leniently. In all of these cases, Tameis, those items are going to be considered to be Tome out of doubt. And this is because the real question that we need to address is not about the validity of the mikveh. The question that stands in front of us is, is this person Tome or Tahar? And because of that, the rule of Chazaka addresses the status of the person, not the status of the mikveh. It's true that the status of the person is going to be based on whether the mikvah was valid or not. But because the question that we are addressing is with regards to the status of the person, so the chazaka is going to address the status of the person, and since until now the person was definitely tomei, and we are unsure whether or not he became tahar, he became purified, we assume that he is still tomei out of doubt. Now, how does this fit with the general rule that a doubt that happens in a public domain is ruled leniently in the world of Tumar? The answer is, that's in a case where the person has a chazaka of being Tahar, and we're unsure whether or not he became Tomei. So over there, the rule of chazaka says that we should assume that he's still Tahar. But over here, it's the opposite. He's got a chazaka of being Tomei, and therefore, if there is a doubt whether or not he became Tahar, whether or not he was purified in the mikvah, the chazaka will tell us that he is still Tomei. Now, as you mentioned, pretty much the biggest tool that we have for resolving and deciding the law in cases of doubt is the rule of Chazaka, that we assume that the status is as it has been until now. There is another basic rule that applies to 
deciding the law in cases of doubt, and that is Sofik de Raisol Khumra, if it's a doubt which regards a Torah law, something which is mid then we rule stringently, whereas Feka de Lakula, a doubt that concerns something which is only rabbinic in nature, that is ruled leniently. Now, everybody agrees that even with regards to a doubt that concerns a Torah law, if there is a chazaka, then we rule according to the chazaka, even if it will result in a lenient ruling. The question is, with regards to a rabbinic law, something which is midirabonon, do we say the opposite, that if there is a chazaka that would result in a strict ruling, then we're going to be strict or not? It could be that any doubt with regards to something which is midrabbanon, we always rule leniently, even if it goes against the concept of chazaka. The Mishnah is going to show that this is actually subject to an argument. According to the first opinion of the Mishnah, when is this true? That out of doubt, we consider the person to still be Tomei because of the chazaka that until now he has been Tomei. That only applies with regards to a strict type of impurity, that is, a tumamidu However, but with regards to a lighter form of Tumah, if originally the person was Tomei only Midrabanon, so if he touched something, it would only be Tomei Midrabanon. For example, if somebody ate impure food, Midrabanon, he becomes Tomei. Or if he drank impure liquids, if his head and the majority of his body came under water that was drawn, Essentially, that means that he had a shower after he went to the mikveh already. Midrabanon, for whatever reason, we're concerned that people might think that this is the way to be purified. So Midrabanon, if somebody does that, he has a shower on the same day as he went to the mikveh to be purified, so he would become Tommy Midrabanon. The exact reason for that law is not important for this particular Mishnah. Or if three log of drawn water comes on to somebody, the majority of his body and his head, even if he was totally pure until now, Midrabonon, he becomes Tomei. The exact reasoning for these two laws isn't important for us right now. The point is, the mission just cited four examples where somebody is Tomei Midrabonon, the Yorad Litbol, and he went to the mikveh, and Sovek Tovel, there is a doubt whether or not he immersed himself and submerged fully, properly or not. Afilu Tovel, or even if he definitely did immerse himself properly, but there is a doubt whether or not the mikveh in which he submerged himself had the minimum volume of 40 sa'ar, or if there were two different mikveh, one of the mikveh had the minimum volume, one of them didn't, and he immersed himself in one of them, but he's unsure in which one he did so. In all of these cases, his doubt is ruled leniently in that he is tahar, even though he has a chazaka until now, he was definitely Tomei, and we have a doubt as to whether that, it was Tomei Midrabonon, and we have a doubt as to whether that status changed or not. According to the first opinion of the Mishnah, the rule that Sveika Midrabonon Lakula, we rule leniently in cases of doubt of a rabbinic law, is even in the case where it comes against the chazaka. However, on this point, Rabbi argues, Rabbi Yaisi Mitame, Rabbi says that the person is considered to be Tomei still, Midrabonon, because Rabbi Yaisi says, anything that has a chazaka of being impure, always remains invalid and impure, until it is known definitely that he became pure. 
Now, since this is the reason for Abiyasi, it goes without saying that Aval Safeka Litame, if there is a doubt as to whether or not something became Tome, Midrabonon, or Ulatame, if there is a doubt with regards to whether something which was definitely Tome made something else Tome, Midrabonon, Tahar, those cases of doubt are going to be ruled as lenient even according to Abiyasi. Because over there, the item which is under doubt has a chazaka that until now it has been pure. And the point of the Mishnah is that even if this doubt occurs in a private area, in a private domain, and with regards to doubts of Tumomidairaisa, it is learnt from Pasukim that that doubt is ruled stringently. Over here that we're discussing a Tumomidrabonon, we go with the regular rules of Chazaka and... If the person had a chazaka of being pure, and we're unsure whether or not the or the item had a chazaka of being pure, and we're unsure whether it became tome or not, regardless of where that doubt occurred, the item will be ruled pure because of its chazaka of being pure until now. Mr. Gimbal, the Mishnah brings another example of a doubt with regards to a mikvah, whether somebody was purified in a case of a rabbinic law. And the truth is, the Mishnah in Maseches Taras lists 12 cases of doubt, most of them being in the world of Tumar, that are ruled leniently. And one of them is Sveik Maim Sha'uvim, a doubt with regards to Maim Sha'uvim, drawn water, that means water that has been collected in a container and is then added to the mikveh. The law is that Midrabonon, although once there is a fully valid mikveh, adding drawn water, Maim Sha'uvim, does not invalidate the mikveh. If before the mikveh contains the minimum am- amount of 40 sa'ar, which itself is a minimum amount, which is only Midrabonon, if before that, at least three loig, a volume of three loig of drawn water is added to that mikveh, this would invalidate the mikveh, even if later on lots of rainwater falls into there naturally, even more than 40 sa'ar. It's too late, as soon as three loig of Maim Sha'uvim were added to the mikveh, before it had a minimum of 40 sa'ar, the mikveh becomes invalidated. The Mishnah in Taras, however, says that Shetiru Chachomim, the Chachomim ruled that in a case of a doubt with regards to this invalidity, it is ruled to be tahar, to be pure. The Mishnah elaborates when exactly is that true. Sofik noflu, sofik noflu. If there is a doubt whether or not the three loig of drawn water fell into the mikveh, or afilu noflu, even if we know that the water, the three loig did fall into the mikveh, but sofik yesh bohen. There is a doubt whether or not the mikveh already contained the minimum amount of 40 sa'ar, in which case the maim shuvim wouldn't invalidate it, or not. Or a third example, Shnei Mikvois, if there were two Mikvois, Echod Yesh Bar Baim Sa'av Echod Ein one of the Mikvois had the minimum amount of 40 Sa'ar, and the other one didn't, it was smaller than that, so Nofal Echamehem, the three loig of Maim Sha'uvim, drawn water, fell into one of the Mikvois, and it's unknown into which Mikvah that Maim Sha'uvim fell. If it fell into the smaller Mikvah that doesn't yet contain a volume of 40 Sa'ar, it would have invalidated it. But we're unsure. In all of these cases, the doubt is ruled as being pure. Because in all of the cases, there is an option that we can rely on. On the other hand, if both of the two mikvahs were smaller, they had less than a volume of 40 sa'ar, 
and the three loig of Maim Shuvim, which are going to invalidate either of the mikvahs, fell into one of them. The Enyodele is Nofal, and it's unknown into which mikvah the three loig of Maim Shuvim fell. In this case, one of the mikvahs is definitely Tomei. So there is no way that we are able to rule both mikvahs as being pure. That's a contradiction. Even if we're going to go according to the rules of Chazaka, we're going to assume that the status remains as it has been until now. In this case, we can't rely on a Chazaka with regards to both of the mikvahs. We can't even rule leniently with regards to both of them if it's a self-contradiction. And because of that, Sveiko Tomei, out of doubt, both mikvahs are considered to be impure, She'en Obama Yisleh, because there's nothing to rely on, because one of them definitely became Tomei, and there's no way that we can say that one of them we're going to decide is Tomei, one of them is Tahar, because there's no logic in that, and there's no preference of one mikvah over the other, and since we can't rule both of them to be pure, we have to rule both of them as being impure. Mishadalad, we learned right at the beginning of the Masechta that midaeraisa, according to the Torah, the minimum volume of water that needs to be in a mikvah for it to have the status of a mikvah is a revius, a quarter of a loig, which is much, much smaller than 40 sa'ah, which is what is required midirabonon. We've also already seen that even though Midrabonon, such a mikvah, does not have the ability to purify people or items, nevertheless, it still has the status of a mikvah, such that the water cannot be Tomei. We're now going to see another ramification of the fact that it's considered to be a mikvah. Rebeliezer, Rebeliezer says, Revius Maim Sha'uvim Batachila, if there is a revius of Maim Sha'uvim right at the beginning, meaning the first water that is in that area, in the pit, for example, in the hole in the ground, the water that is there at the beginning is Maim Shuvim, drawn water. Paislamus HaMikvah, that would invalidate the mikvah even if after that you add 40 sa'ar of natural water. Or you don't add it, but naturally rain falls into that pit, even more than 40 sa'ar of rainwater. The mikvah is going to be considered invalid, because since there is the minimum amount that is needed to be considered a mikvah, that's considered to be a significant amount such that we can pronounce that water not just being invalid water, but as being an invalid mikvah. If it's an invalid mikvah, it's not going to help to add more rainwater because the entire mikvah is considered to be invalid already. However, if there was already some water there, which was rainwater, even if it's less than a revius, since the first part of the mikvah is valid water, a amount of three log of drawn water, which falls onto the water that is valid, that is the amount that would invalidate the mikvah, such that even if 40 sa'ar of rainwater were added later on, the mikvah would remain invalid. And it's important to remember that if there were 40 sa'ar of rainwater that fell naturally into the pit, and it became a fully-fledged mikvah, then even if more than three loig of Maim Shuvim fall into it, that won't invalidate the mikvah. Once it is a fully-valid mikvah, so no Maim Shuvim would invalidate it. This is the opinion of Rabbi Yezer. Whether it was to the beginning or the end, even if the very first water that is in that pit is Maim Shuvim, it's drawn water, it would only invalidate the mikvah if if it has a mount and a volume of three loig. Since anyway, this entire invalidation is Midrabonin in nature, we don't take into account the fact that Midraisa, a revius of water, is already a significant volume to be considered a mikvah, Midrabonin, it's not, and therefore... 
There is no significance in RVS, so the regular amount of three leg would apply even if it's the first water that was there. Mishnah Hay. The Mishnah talks about a scenario of something like a pit that one of the walls of the pit, instead of being straight, is slanted. It slants inwards and downwards. And mikvah sheyesh this mikvah has three holes in the slanted wall. Holes which are able to contain water themselves. And shalmaim sh'uvim shaloig loig, there is drawn water in each of these holes. And each of the holes contains a loig of drawn water. Altogether, there are three loig, there's three loig of drawn water in this mikvah. And the drawn water was there before the rain fell into the rest of the mikvah. The question is whether these three holes of drawn water are going to together invalidate the rest of the mikvah. If it is known that 40 sa'ar of valid rainwater fell naturally into this pit before reaching the height of the third and highest hole that contains drawn water, then kosher, the mikvah, is valid. Because then we don't even need to take into account the hole which is higher up. Because we have a collection of water which has 40 sa'ar of valid mikvah water and only two loig of drawn water. But if not, if there's even a possibility that the mikvah reaches a height where it has a volume of 40 sa'ar only if we include where the third hole is, so then possible the mikvah would be invalid because these three holes do combine to invalidate the mikvah. On the other hand, Rabbi Shimon Machshir, Rabbi Shimon says that the mikveh is valid, because this is considered to be like a case of a invalid mikveh, one that contains drawn water, that is right next to a valid mikveh, that contains rainwater that fell into it naturally. And the rule is that even if those two mikvehs are touching each other, the invalid mikveh does not invalidate the mikveh that has valid water in it, even if that doesn't yet contain the minimum amount. So if later on the minimum amount of rainwater is going to be added, so it would become valid. And according to Rishimon, even though these holes are inside of the pit, since they are holes which go down into the wall of the pit, Rishimon considers it to be like separate areas, and therefore it would not invalidate the rest of the water that is inside of the pit. Whereas according to the first opinion of the Mishnah, we consider it all to be like one body of water, and therefore it would become invalidated.